Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! Welcome back. We are in part four of our five-part series. Today's episode is called What Now? Last week What's we talked- What's the series? The Anatomy of Redemption. Anatomy of Redemption. If you haven't gone and listened to the first one, go and listen to the first one. Uh, but the, today we're talking about like what we were thinking and feeling after the church fell apart and mm-hmm. the last like eight years of everything, which we talked about a fair bit right. in the last episode, but I want to talk about it sort of in a- in a conflictual, granular way, if that makes mm, sense. I want to really doesn't. talk about like what feelings did we have about going to a church? What was challenging about it? I know right out of the gate, like, and, okay, this is speaking to if someone is in our position, mm-hmm. they have church hurt, they don't know what to do, our church fell apart, I feel like a total idiot ding dong going to a church again. Yes. What do I do? I don't like Christian music. I don't like the like the culture of church, but I want something. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how we were kind of in that, we were in that space for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will try to, uh, by the way, it's good to see you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I will try to not be uh, as critical or cynical or rude as I was, but also convey like the realness of, of what I was feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So we were out of church for years and years and years, right? And I literally... I don't want to say hate it. drops. I love it when Tuff goes, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you made that sound, and that was too funny not to go uh, with. So I don't want to sound all cynical, but I want to, like, convey the realness of, of what I was mm-hmm. feeling and thinking. And it was just, I had a, a, a hardened heart mm-hmm. towards everything lame and wuss and pansy mm-hmm. and sugar-coated about the church. And I've talked to enough people, they have felt the exact same way. One, one of my really good friends is is in that right now. He's like, yeah, I hate everything. Everything is stupid. I was like, Who is yes. <clears throat> Don't say their name. And, and <laughs> I felt that way too. I, we would go to church and I would even tell my men's group, now, and I want to say this is not a judgment on churches, okay? It's not a judgment. Not, it is how I... We're not trying I, to say that. That's because I had a hardened heart towards stuff. And actually, a lot of stuff, very rightly so, because the church can be really goofy and dumb and pandering and not real life. And I told my, my dudes... Uh, I don't go to church because there's like a 23-year-old pastor who knows nothing, and I could preach a better sermon. I could give a better lecture on almost anything than he could. So why would I go and listen to that and just be a zombie for an hour or something mm-hmm. like that? So who needs to pick up the pace now, thick and chunky? Come on. Oh, yeah. You're sorry, just sorry, sorry. pausing like crazy. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> sorry, that's a reference to a minute ago. And Seth yeah. told me to pick up the energy. Now he's <laughs> snail pacing through well, the story. Well, now I'm really, really thinking about where we were and what it was. And I really took everything that was church related to be very much less than like, that is stupid. Mm-hmm. I'd rather listen to all these other guys that we listen to mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, 
podcasts and books and, you know, a lot of new age stuff, mm-hmm. honestly, you know, Gabby Bernstein and stuff, which I love Gabby Bernstein still visualization and Gabs. Know, law of attraction and, and, and the like, but boy, was I just rotten. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I want to address that because I think that there is a big, big, big space of growth potential in the church today. Now, I will say this is probably perfect in Orange County. I think Orange County has all the things that everyone wants. This is all in Orange County. Cool things, cool people, cool churches, <laughs> female pastors. I don't know, maybe. Like I don't know. I'm kind of mad about it, but all right. Um, we'll the, move to California. The um, the thought that I'm having is that there is an enormous lack. So I've been in this place. Actually, let me back up a tiny bit. So Seth. Seth is in a mastermind. We talked about this last episode. He's in the bat. Um, what is it? Iron sharpens iron mastermind with mm-hmm. Aaron Walker. Aaron Walker. So he's in a community, yeah. and Aaron is a believer. And then I am in the elite, um, live out loud elite business mastermind with Brooke Thomas, and it's like all female ladies who are. Uh, it's faith based, all of that stuff. So we're surrounded by these communities who are trying to encourage us, go to church and get connected and all these things. And that's awesome. So I'm doing all of those things and finding the biggest void ever of diversity of art and diversity of music. And mm-hmm. I, it's so hard. It is so hard. I know that seems like a silly detail. And people who don't care about those things will think it's a silly detail to be like, you don't like the music, get over yourself and just pray to Jesus. That's what they're going to text me in that voice. They... Sound like a gay guy? Yeah, but I don't know. Because uh, <laughs> all of those guys are texting me about just praying to Jesus. Gay but, man are texting you, you know, about that. <laughs> but, um, but the thing that's really crazy about that is that I was recently at this event down in Orange County, and they were talking about listening to worship music as being a weapon. I'd never really heard that. Uh, now, this is we're going to get real biblical here for a hot moment here. But in the story of... Jericho and the walls, they shouted to make them fall down, right? And the Sound. walls came tumbling down. I know, it's just fighting it, it's right? It's a kid's song. Joshua in the battle of Jericho. You know that song? Of course I do. They taught that in Catholic mass? I don't know how I know it, to be honest, but I do know it. Yeah. Actually, I know it from choir. Okay. I was in choir and we would sing corny songs like that in, in state, all state. Oh, one thing with the new microphone like, setup. I got a key to the kingdom. I got a key. Oh, yes, I have now. One thing with these mic stands, stop hitting the table. And the Lord can't do me no. What? You're hitting the table. Okay. Anyway, not the point. So music is super important to me and I'm wired that way. It matters a lot. And if somebody says music is a weapon that God uses to help like keep you to like fight away evil thoughts. I mean, this sounds stupid. The words coming, the words that are coming out of my mouth sound stupid to me as I'm saying them. So hear that as a caveat. Mm-hmm. But if music is a weapon, I got the most weakest, stupidest sword that was ever invented, ever. And but you shouldn't because you got some pipes. I know, but the music to which I am supposed to sing is 700 verses of the same thing. Oh, yes, we love. We praise you, love. Oh, God. Oh no, here she goes. I can't do that. That's not a weapon. Okay. And it makes me mad. And you know, you know how we've done with this podcast and every resource that we've ever created? We create 
the content I and want the my, resources that we want to use ourselves. to sound like me without you, Julia. There you go. That song. So you are very musically inclined. So you're answering your own question. I'm not starting. Create the music. I get, okay, I'll try. Play the church right there. Hello. They, okay, love them. Period. Love you guys, but that's what they want. It's, um. We'll turn it around. It's all like the slowest flipping tempo. And all it is is this. I just received it. I don't, I'm not here for that. That's not a weapon. You don't, okay. a, a, that's whatever. What weapon in war receives? What, what's that weapon? Tell me. The losing team that's receiving <laughs> bullets. <laughs> the one that's getting murdered. Right. Like, no, no. I want, I want music that sounds like, again, like me without you. Uh, what is it? AB Life mm-hmm. or Julia or... Mm. Amana Marth. Yes. Like, give me some double bass and someone's going in the background. And I'm here for that all day. Now you do it. I can't. I, from being sick. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) I instantly cough. I don't want to cough on the show. (laughs) Anyway, and and it makes me even more irritated because I was like, I'm going to text Matt Carter and be like, hey, you don't need Christian music, blah, blah, blah. And I immediately know that what he will say is, what do you mean Christian's in a band or Christian music? And this is what I want to say to those people. I want Christian music done by Christian artists that aren't just receiving all the time. And that is a judgment. I'm highly judgy right now, but I do not care because I think it is so important. If it's a weapon, man, I want something that blasts the, (laughs) I swore. (laughs) Blast the balls off the devil. Yeah, blast the balls off the devil. That's what I want. If that's what, if music is a weapon, that's the one I want. Oh, and that's goodness. how I'm wired. And that's okay, what so I feel. Let's get back to the this is title the of the show. What now? Mm-hmm. And we would feel really convicted of not being in church. Oh, I'm, I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad leader. What am I doing? I grew up in the church. Our kids are going to be heathen pagans forever. And I don't even know because I didn't take them to Sunday school. Voodoo. But I had such a distaste for anything Sunday school or anything church or a 23-year-old pastor talking to me about marriage, which literally in any other context just doesn't make sense. That's why you don't see 23-year-old PhD professors who have tenure at colleges because they're not old enough and they don't have the experience of doing enough. anything. They don't have brains yet. You know what I'm saying? So, And we're not trying to shame 23-year-olds. So, I, I used to be 23, in fact. <laughs> And I was an idiot, an itty it. <laughs> but anyway, okay, uh, uh, enough from the cynical stuff. We're no, gonna, we're not. It, nope, we're not going to go there because that's not, maybe not helpful. No, it so, is help. It's helpful for people to understand that this is what we went through and think and feel because right. nobody's talking about it. This is the thing that makes me so fired up. And but also like, well, this isn't going to work. Is how it feels because I get invited to speak places. They want me to do stuff over at that church. And again, we love the church that we're talking about. They're great. But I don't think that they allow women on their stage. Let's start there. Um, and they're certainly not going to allow a woman to stand up and talk about the shysty things that no one else is talking about, that the 23-year-old marriage leader pastor has never even experienced. And they're not going to let me get up there and sort of give them the rundown of like, here, here's what you actually do. Here's what it actually feels like. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, when I speak at places that aren't churches and I say, yeah, I gave my husband a black eye, I get cheers from right. the women who go, finally, someone's talking about it. But that won't happen if I can't stand on a stage because I've got lady bits. <laughs> Listen, I'm still me. 
It's authentically my show. The only thing that makes us different is that our homogalous parts look different. Oh my gosh. What are we doing? We have, we have one listener right now. Think about it, people. Think about it. Okay. So what I was saying was the conflict, the conflict in feeling, what am I doing as a dad, leader, husband, father for the kids? Should we take people to church? Should we not? We are culturally Christian and used to be Christian at, at this point, right? I was like, I don't know, just whatever. And so really feeling the the pull in between that. Go to church, actually, and literally hate every second of it. It's like, this is stupid. What are we doing? This is so stupid. And then just feeling that pull, right? And we didn't move on it for quite a long time. And that was, it was not, it didn't feel good. It didn't, uh-uh. it, was, it wasn't, and I look back on it now and go, Man, the the teaching that I had as a little kid, just in Sunday school, and being around church and being around my parents going to church, my mom mainly, my kids aren't having that experience. Mm -hmm. And my experience wasn't all bad growing up. In fact, it was really good. Mm -hmm. And I also attribute that to the heart that I have now and the past experience and the past knowledge I have of going to church and feeling convicted feeling this is not a right choice. This is a right choice. What should I do? I should glorify God in things. And I had that since as a little kid, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of goofy things, of course, you know, messed up about that. But that innate knowing of God is real. God is for you. Do right. Bring glory to him Mm -hmm. has always been there. And, and I was really thinking, do my kids have that? Are they, because as parents, fathers, especially, we have a duty to protect, provide, teach our kids. You know, the Bible says train, train up a child in the way they should go, you know, mm-hmm. so they're older, they will fall back on that, which mm-hmm. is exactly what happened to me, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that verse is, a, it, it, it's, it's my life. Mm-hmm. And am I, am I doing that for Mayor Tuff and Hattie? And at the time we weren't, you know, and we, yeah, but it wasn't like we weren't trying. And that's the thing well, that's it's hard. Like, it's like, uh, it was it was it was a lot of confusion. It was a lot of confusion. And even now, since we've been going back to church, this these last couple of weeks, we've had several conversations about God and church and Jesus with our kids. And not all of them have been initiated by you or I. Yeah. Which is which is pretty cool. And with you know, I pray with the kids every single morning. I pray I don't pray with them, I pray over them. Like if you notice, I always touch the boys on the shoulder or like like laying hands on mm-hmm. the laying hands on the saints uh, kind of thing. It's like praying over them, praying this protection. And hopefully, and I know that it's happening, it's imparting that. And they're actually learning how to pray, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we get oftentimes with, with coaching clients, if, if they want to do this, we say, hey, husband, pray over and with your wife. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just don't know how to pray. Right. It can be well, that, awkward. Yeah, that's why we I, made the resource. I, when we started praying again, like super hardcore, I found myself like not knowing how to pray. But how long did that last? Two freaking seconds. Yeah. And that, that's what I want to really point that out. You mean because, the awkwardness or like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of that. Like mm-hmm. it feels uh, insurmountable for one second. Right. And then you just do it out of obedience and, then you and just faithfulness. Do it and God will meet you there. Yes, you will. 
<laughs> I'm I'm serious. So am I. God will meet you and provide the words, provide the insight, provide the wisdom, or just provide the take the anxiety away of like, of okay, I'm being obedient. I know that praying with my spouse is a good thing. God will bless that. Let me step out. I don't know. You know, Martin Luther King talks about faith isn't seeing the entire staircase. It's taking the first step. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Didn't our, our Reverend Martin Luther King, right? Yes. You just called him Dr. Martin, or you just called him Martin Luther King. Our pastor over there was like, he's a reverend. Mm-hmm. And people take that out of his name, out of his title. He was a pastor. Oh. I mean, he was a pastor. Martin Luther King was a pastor. Yes. And we just have eliminated that concept from all of the good that he did in the world. I think that's pretty fascinating. And oh, I love like that turning, turning him into only like a social a justice dude. activist. Yeah, who, like, who, no, he was yeah. a pastor. I think it's awesome that our, that our pastor brought that up. I thought it was cool. That is pretty good. Um, that's a good point. I think there was something I was going to say. Oh, this is what I think should happen. I think churches should have levels of church services. Because this is what I was thinking over there was that, you know, there's a seeker-friendly church concept, which I think our church is. Mm-hmm. Seeker-friendly meaning we're just trying to bring new people in. And that's great. So that is really, really good because I want more people to become Christian because I think that's a beautiful, healthy way to live. So, of course, yeah, you want more people to come to church. But if you're, it's like saying the only cuisine that people can eat is baby food because that's where the new humans arrive at the, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they have their, I'm trying to think of a name of a baby food brand. Gerber. Gerber. They have their mushy peas, right? And it's like, well, no, I'm not there anymore. And mm-hmm. it was certainly, I, if there was a church that was like, oh, so you just came from Mars Hill and it fer- fell apart in a horrible, fiery dumpster fire, I'll help you. I'll help you. And we're going to be the like strongest, toughest, in your face, bad AEist church out there, I would have gone in a heartbeat. Can we still say ass? No, unless you're referring to a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. You do you, I'm Seth. Just kidding. Just you do. I said homogolous parts and lady bits like ten minutes ago, so I think we're fine. Um, bits. That's gross. It's not. Listen, bits. You're not. I, you're not, I just uh, sat, you're not dog food. It's not kibble and bits. I just sat under the teaching of Christine Kane. The woman is a, amazing. And she was talking about the part in the Bible where they circumcised everybody. And she's like, what do they do with all the foreskins? That's a lot of foreskins. What do you put in a bag? Here you go, God. Here's your foreskins. She's Australian. Uh, but I mean, if Christine Kane can talk about foreskins in a bag, I can talk about lady bits. They're the same thing. Homogolous parts. <laughs> now we have half a listener. <laughs> uh, just one year like, oh, this is so terrible. But anyway. <laughs> Powering through all the, all of that to say, I do want to talk about why this was so hard because we mm-hmm. get these messages from people, uh, again, who don't know our journey and they don't, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's no judgment on who it is, but they'll be like, it's just a shame. You didn't, you know, just lean on God. It's like, um, cool. Thanks for the nothing advice you just gave me, but it would also be helpful if the body of Christ could diversify and expand everything from art and music and all of that. And I think, again, in Orange County, California, they probably have that already. But I think it's actually a problem because I, my um, level of intensity, the intensity needs that I have as a human, mm. I'm a human that listens to music like the Punch Brothers and Me Without You. That music is intense. It's a thousand sounds from a thousand directions. And I went from listening, so this very morning, mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, I'm dedicated to listening to a worship song at least one every single day, multiple. I'm 
most likely I'll be listening to several, but at least one every day. And I was just trying to find something that like felt like it would move me the direction I wanted to go. And I listened to like one and I was like, mm. let's do another one. And I was like, okay. and then I was like, Julia by me without you, you know, like mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I just had to, I, the vibes, it's the energy. Right. You know, it's, a, I don't know. There's a lot to say about that. It's, Trust me. It's not just, it's not just like a facade on, on music or a, like, like the way that we think of like clothes are just, oh, that's just like a, a different t-shirt than this other one. No, it's not. It's like a representation of who you are. And God made us this way, like made me to like really intense music and to like a lot of sound and a lot of color and mm-hmm. that I'm wired that way. So you, it's a lot harder for God to reach me if it's through this music. We love you, Lord. We praise you in the name of the Lord. And then they sing that 500,000 times. Sound like the church I grew up in. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm actually channeling my inner Pastor Billy. Isn't that his name? Oh, it's you not, do one now. Not. Bobby. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, no, you do one. Oh, my gosh. You got to. You got I to. Can't, I can't think. I'm not thinking of anything. I am a friend of God. Woo! I am a friend of God. He, he calls me friend. <laughs> and then the Pretty good harmonization. Oh, yeah. Jesus on the main line, tell, tell him what, what you want. want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. That was a terrible harmony. <laughs> that was weird. Anyway. Anyway, God brings all things back to his glory, right? So I feel that we have been on a journey. Sounds lame. No, a, a ride, actually. We went in the wilderness. Went in the wilderness. We're, we're connected to community for a long time. And then for seven to eight years, not went out and tried all kinds of stuff. Visualizations, affirmations, and all this stuff has, it has helped me a lot and helped you a lot too, right? However, it was not centered on God, the creator of the universe. And one of the biggest things in my recent transformation came around November and December. I don't know if we talked about this or not, but it, I, it hit me and I just started reading the Bible again. And it was You around- didn't just start reading the Bible. Can I, I'm going to say something. Okay. So again, Christine Kane, when we were in California, talked about the wilderness Christian and the promised land Christian and being in the wilderness, God provides. If you don't understand that, um, just Google it because I don't know the verse. Um, but basically it's talking about taking the Israelites out of Egypt. Is that what mm-hmm. it is? And they, uh, they took 40 years to take an 11 day journey mm-hmm. and God provided for them the whole time, but like they grumbled and complained. So that was us. That was us. Mm-hmm. Eight years to take a one day journey. We could have just went to that church and figured it out. Man, but listen. did we grumble and complain because I had everything to say about everything. Yes. We both grumbled and complained, man. And we're like, that's a this trap. Is that so is a di- trap for us. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Christine Kane talked you? about it is that, excuse me, but uh, she talked about most people just die in the wilderness. They just grumble and complain their life away. They don't see the provision that God gives them. Mm. And it's like God has provided. And it's funny because I use this. I say this all the time. I said it at the first women's event down in California. I said, you know, no matter how I treat God, he still chases me and blesses me. Like I've been a total a-hole to God. 
and he's blessing me. And then when mm-hmm. Christine Case, Kane said that, I was like, oh, that's provision. Like God is providing for me, even though I'm not, I'm not being thankful. I'm mm-hmm. not even deserving of it because I'm totally being a turd, right? like a steamy one. And like we still provide shelter and food and fun things for our kids, even when they're being idiots to us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they can complain and grumble and we'll still love them and Mm -hmm. provide for them. Now they might not gain as much favor. You know, I'm not going to, you know, take tough to the skate park right after some big blowout or or Mariner or, you know, I'm not going to buy him a new violin when he's being the worst to his brother or sister and stuff like that. Well, And they say that in, um, I think I still feed him. Yeah. Joyce Meyer talks about that. I think where she's like, God isn't going to bless. And now it's not about getting a blessing. Like it's not about getting something out of it, but think of it in the context of our children and our family. Mm -hmm. Like if our kids are total turds to us, they're not going to get extra. If they don't appreciate the bed that they have already and the sheets that they have and the, you know, the motor, the dirt bike or the, the, um, skateboard ramp, if they can't appreciate that, you know for sure we're not getting them more. Mm-hmm. We're not Why like, would we give them more? Because if they're not thankful and have gratitude towards some of the fun things that they have asked for, why would I, as a dad, go, oh, a skateboard ramp that you complain, have complained about and you're not thankful for? I'll get you another skateboard mm-hmm. ramp. No one would do that. I'll get you a that. bigger one. I'll get you a bigger one. Right. I mean, some parents may do that. That's called spoiling your kids and that's not doing them any favor. So it's not about physical things. It's about, oh, God bless me with wisdom mm-hmm. to treat you way better, mm-hmm. to make your life better. That makes my life better. You know, um, treat, treat us with, I don't know, a nice house or a, a nice dinner or who knows what, or a zillion dollars mm-hmm. or a new car. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that to me, that's like, uh, we were in a wilderness time that we could have walked through very differently. And God still showed up. Mm-hmm. That's what blew my brains out. And like, I was very emotional for, I mean, if I think about it now enough, I can still get like really teared up about it mm-hmm. because I think about how much I love our boys in particular. Not Hattie. She's the worst It's female. D- it's different from a male to male relationship and God, the father to me as a son is different like that. It just completely hits different on a male psyche level. And they could go away. Dad, I want my inheritance now go to Vegas, blow it or whatever. Go hang out with Deb. (laughs) She's in Korea. I know, but that's funny. And (laughs) just not take my advice, Mm -hmm. shun us, say mean things. And then if, Either one of them came back with a fully contrite heart. Dad, I'm so sorry. I've been right. so wrong. Any dad, any good father would go, son, I love you. Take you back. Come home. Let me feed you. And that is exactly what God right. did to me. Right. Specifically. Right. And, and I know that you feel that too, but just I, I, I felt like I had to point out the way that we were ugly and cynical and just not thankful, taking things for granted, scoffing at God even, you know, I, I did in my heart, just all these things. And then she longed to listen to the song depths of mercy. I think it's by Joe day. I did. Oh, so crazy. Isn't it so good? It is. It's, and then it's got that high part. Oh, so good. It's great. So that is what God did for me. 
And like when you say that you were an a-hole and you ran away, God's still pursuing you, pursuing you, pursuing you, pursuing you. And that was so real to me. Mm -hmm. It is so real to me. Right. But I do want to say too, there's a couple of things I want to like add in here. Again, this is not just us telling you what our journey looked like. This is also me trying to, there's like a meta conversation happening of being, of like, if you're walking through this and you feel this thing or you think this thing or you've had that idea or thought or, or this cynical, whatever, um, this might be helpful. So I'm just wanting to share all that. So Seth didn't just randomly start praying out of nowhere. We went to a marriage counselor. Seth picked it, actually picked her um, on, accident. on accident. He picked her, I think, based on the fact that she did the John Gottman stuff. She mm-hmm. used to work with John Gottman, which I think is really cool. No, you want to know the truth? Tell me the truth. She was one of the two that had openings. And my first like three picks didn't have openings. Mm. So she was, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We love you. You helped <laughs> us a lot. I'd probably not. She's listen. a redhead. Yeah. And by default, and it turns out, which I did not know this, she is very Christian and practices counseling through that lens for clients who who want that type she of does, service. She's a faith-based counselor. Right. But we didn't know that because it wasn't listed at the particular location we see her at. There's rules about it. So we didn't even know that she was a Christian counselor. We had no idea. And so we go into therapy because, because all of this stuff is impacting our marriage, right? So not having a community that we're like, we, we have community like online, but we don't have a community in our neighborhood that we're like dialed in with who can help call us out on things, all of that stuff and not being in church, all of that stuff had taken a toll on our marriage. Um, even while we were doing this podcast, you've seen it. You probably heard me talk about it on social media, right? Um, so we start going to therapy. Uh, also we need to thank hashtag shout out to Callie because she was the one who like little sharp end of truth into the side. Callie, went, what did Callie say? <laughs> You're not in therapy. She just like, she just did the zinger. She didn't, I don't know if she knew she meant to, but it was perfect. I told her that the other day. Which again is silly. I'm a therapist and we weren't in therapy. Right. We weren't doing right by that. And so we started going and this lady, uh, our, our, not this lady, Janelle, our counselor was just awesome. And she just started like diving in and being like, wait a second, what do you believe? And what do you, whatever. And she, she uncovered that we are believers, but this is our experience and all the church stuff and whatever. And so she just pushed hard and it was awesome. It was awesome and it was uncomfortable. It was challenging. It was whatever, but she was like the provision. She was the, she's what God provided, mm-hmm. but we had to step out and go get a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. We like, there's parts that we are responsible for and that God stepped in and did all of that jazz. So I just wanted to say that. Um, so it's not like Seth just randomly one day was like, Oh, I know. The Bible. It was a whole set of circumstances, and it was a whole com- set of circumstances and, and the community, and of which, which I haven't told you this, I believe had a lot to do with some of the recent family struggles. Uh, probably on your side with your brother passing, and also stuff on my side of the family. I'm you know, not sure. Like I'm, I don't was, know if I follow you. It, it opened up a different level of, oh. of emotions right. for, for you, obviously, mm-hmm. your brother passing, that's, and your family and other people around us. And then with some of the struggles that my family has been experiencing, that opened up, I mean, that weighed a lot on me, just my own yeah. brother and all this, you know what I'm saying? And oh, I know yeah. that same, likewise for you and your 
and your brother. And that started, well, it started November of 20, when did your? December. No, December. December of last. Of 21. Yeah. Yeah. Two of, Decembers of ago. 21. And then my brother, like early 22, probably. Mm-hmm. And that that is when our marriage had a really hard season. I was in a funk, like, you know, some depression and anxiety and cynicism, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, too much alcohol use, too, uh, was a real thing. And that just culminated into an unsustainable Mm -hmm. pattern that I realized of like, of where's this going? Right. And it's it's, it's not it's not headed any anywhere I want to go that I want to go or you want to go or the family wants to go, or it's not even heading where heading anywhere towards the things that we talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, we hope that you are absolutely loving anatomy of redemption. And we thought it would be helpful to share some tools that are free for you. If you want to bring prayer back into your marriage or you've never had it there before. Um, And basically we made a resource for you guys that we wish we had had when we were walking through all of this stuff. So if you go to anatomyofus.com forward slash prayer, you can get a free PDF download and watch a quick video of how to do it. And again, we're just sharing this because it's something that we wish we had had as we've been walking through this journey. Mm -hmm. So go to anatomyofus.com forward slash prayer to get this resource to increase your prayer life, to give you a head start. Again, it's it's what we wish we had when we were going through all this stuff and we know that it will be helpful for you. All right, enjoy and back to the show. Bye. Right, and I want to paint a picture of what this did not look like because I think it's really important to really be clear about this. It's not like Seth was like, blitzed drunk. So when he says drinking was a problem, he doesn't mean he was like going to bars, drinking all night. I never, it's, you never ever seem drunk to me. Like you would drink, mm-hmm. but just, a, just enough for him to feel buzz, but we kind of wouldn't know. It was like the, the conversation we had with Mickler and I guarantee that other guys who have struggled with this know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I'm clarifying it. I had a professor when I was in substance use disorder class to become a, to duly credentialed. And the, the professor who was, I don't know, 30 years sober, I think he would say all kinds of funny things, which is really, really funny. Like, Oh, is this this the first time? uh, Is this, what did he say? He's like, are you quitting again or something? There's all Mm -hmm. kinds of quips in like AA language. Mm -hmm. And he said, People that can hold their their liquor, which is like a college cool thing. I can drink a whole twelve pack and whatever. Well, that's just dumb, first of all. And that only means that you have had practice. Yeah, your body has acclimated to that, and you have a tolerance level that you need more to feel the same. And that is not good. Right, that's not a good thing. Right. So he's like, he says, yeah, guys who say that have have just had a lot of practice, and every guy that's has been in my shoes before. Yeah. One, two, three, four beers, even not that, that, that is almost nothing that will get you to feel normal. Mm -hmm. We talked about in the mastermind group this morning Mm -hmm. and that like that feeling normal, you know, some people say, well, when I drink, I feel normal. And somebody said it this morning. I said, that is not true. Mm -hmm. That is a false normal that you have been acclimated to and you don't know what real normal feels mm-hmm. like because you've been in this sense of normal mm-hmm. for so long. And that's, that's hard to, to swallow. That's hard to get back to what, what even is your normal mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
And I don't know how we got on that, but I was just well, talking I, about maybe like alcohol use mm -hmm. and other guys who have struggled with it. Well, it's let me tell huge, you how it's a huge topic in our mastermind right now. Huge topic. How we got there was talking about what this looked like in our actual marriage, because mm -hmm. I think that people will have this picture that we're like living these double lives. and We talk about marriage and then behind the scenes, it's like chaos and we are yelling at our children. That's not true. That isn't what it looks like. Mm -hmm. It's super, super, super subtle like this. Um, and I would say even your, like your drinking, which I didn't, I wouldn't even have put into this. I wouldn't have even thought of it because it wasn't that big of a deal from my perspective. Cause it's not like you were driving to a bar, driving home drunk. Like you've never done those things mm -hmm. in our marriage. And so, um, it, it's subtle. And I want to say that again to say it's subtle. And I think that that is, um, again, I'm going to use Christian language here. Like that is what the devil wants. The sneakiest, like make it as un, it seems safe. It's not dangerous to do this stuff. It's not mm -hmm. dangerous to drink. Just have another one. It's fine. Like it's fun. And Paul's doing it too. Paul. I'm not mad at you. Oh, shout out that. to the dudes in the mastermind <laughs> because we're talking about this. A lot of the guys are working towards sobriety. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, and again, like seriously. Uh, this is not to say that everyone in the mastermind is an alcoholic. Like this is hard <laughs> no, to, it's not. hard to communicate this. It's not that. And I'm very, I'm, I'm hyper aware of this because I think if there are Christians listening to this, that's what their brain is going to go to. If they did not grow up in a space where, uh, people like us were there, they think we're out there like snorting heroin and, and beating our children. You know what I mean? Like they just have mm -hmm. this picture of, it must be the extreme, terrible, horrible opposite. If it, you know what I'm saying? And this might be a dichotomy for people who grew up in the church and either love it and are, are a friend of forward, forward facing awesome, but then behind closed doors, you're not so awesome, right. which a lot of what I grew up with. So you're in that camp or you are um, super cynical about it. Oh, church sucks because everybody's just a two-faced liar, mm -hmm. right? right? So what we are doing is sharing our real process because every single thing that we've talked about that have been positive or life-giving or encouraging or uh, uh, improving discipline or grace or love or intentionality, all those things remain good mm -hmm. no matter what we do. Now, if we were saying, yeah, we have an awesome marriage and it's so great and we have sex four times a week and we go on date nights and everything is great. And then two weeks later, oh, Melanie was actually texting dudes online. Right. What the F, right? Okay, that's, none of that is happening, but we are talking about our struggles in that, saying, mm -hmm. hey, intentionality, grace, character, perseverance, all this stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah, and I have let drinking get in the way of a lot of that stuff, and I've lost a couple of years on that, and we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be like weird two-faced about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean... <laughs> Here's a funny thing that we need to do a whole entire podcast. You did a post yesterday when I was telling the guys this morning when you, and you didn't even tell me about it and we haven't talked about it yet. And, and that's kind of your style, which I think is funny and cute and a couple other things. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? The Instagram post that you did in the car, like you were in tears of mm -hmm. like, hey, I haven't treated Seth so greatly. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just haven't been nice to you. But I want to talk about that, mm -hmm. right? So you sharing that, hopefully will allow other women and wives to see what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Or you know, husbands. It's not perfect melon. Yeah, or husbands right. too. 
It's not perfect Melanie. Mm-hmm. Oh, the high performance marriage coach, the, the speaker, the teacher, all this great, awesome Melanie. Sure, that's there. Mm-hmm. But then also there's this human side that mm-hmm. is normal, that thinks what other people are right. thinking, but you just talk about them. Right, right. And that's really the whole goal of all of this is that we have a society that really, um, what's the word? It, it, it's like black and white. Everything has to be pushed to the extremes of whatever it is. So if you're Christian, you're a saint, you're this, whatever. But if you're a bad Christian, you're a saint on the front and you're Satan on the back. Like it's what, like, why did we, why do we have this where there's not a middle space? You're a mullet Christian. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. But like (laughs) we, we want to be, and I consider myself a bridge person. It's a, a name I gave myself a long time ago. Like, that's how I think of myself in the space that we work in. And, and when I speak at places, when I talk on our show, it's a bridge. It's a bridge between like what someone thinks over here and the truth over here. And let's just meet over here on the bridge. And all I can think of, listen to me, is in Indiana Jones when he has to trust in God and he's got to walk across the bridge, but he can't see the bridge. It's the best scene. And then he throws the pebbles so he can cross back over it. I think of that every day. I love Indiana Jones so much. The penitent man will pass. Oh boy. Right? Um, but that's the whole purpose of this show, this episode. And I'm really excited for next week's episode where we're going to talk about like what we're doing now in a more sort of like, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be really helpful. We're going to talk about like how we pray, why we pray, what we do, how we talk to our kids so that we can give you tools if this is a journey that you also want to go on or are going on. Um, but really, we wanted to explain how this is felt and give you words and if you have felt the same thing about music in the church or um, even art in the church or how people talk or whatever, other people are thinking it too. You're not weird. You're not mean. You're not whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. a part of this process. People are complex. We are designed to be complex, but God is mighty and we can figure it out together. And yes, I know that sounded corny. So get out of my face about it because it's challenging to talk about these things without a layer of corn. Us. There you go. And the wheat in the chaff. Okay. Okay. If you have questions, which hopefully you do, email hello at anatomyofus.com. Find us on Instagram, TikTok as well, and YouTube. And uh, remember to go check out Badass Husband Mastermind, badasshusband.com, women's group coaching, mm-hmm. and anything else that we have oh. on the Power Couple Planner. That's right. Yeah. I but oh, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say, if you want a prayer resource, go to anatomyofus.com forward slash prayer. And we have a prayer resource for you there. It might, we might have an ad for it, but go get that because it's going to help you if you're on this journey as well. Okay. We love you. Share the show. Um, let's be awesome together. Okay. See you later. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reva Hansen, from Creative Media Support. Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye. Bye.